Chapter Twenty of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard, by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu, Chapter Twenty, in which Mister Dangerfield visits the Church of Chapel Is It, and Ezekiel Irons goes a fishing early next morning lord castle mallard dangerfield and nutter rode into chapel is it plaguy dusty having already made the circuit of that portion of his property which lay west of the town they had poked into the new mills and the old mills and contemplated the quarries and lime kilns and talked with doyle about his holding and walked over the two vacant farms and i know not all besides and away trotted his lordship to his breakfast in town and dangerfield seeing the church door open dismounted and walked in and nutter did likewise bob martin was up in the gallery i suppose doing some good and making a considerable knocking here and there in the pews and walking slowly with creaking shoes zekiel irons the clerk was down below about his business at the communion table at the far end lean blue-chinned thin-lipped stooping over his quarto prayer-books and gliding about without noise reverent and sinister when they came in nutter led the way to lord castle mallard's pew which brought them up pretty near to the spot where grave mr irons was prowling serenely the pew would soon want new flooring mr dangerfield thought and the castle mallard arms and supporters a rather dingy piece of vainglory overhanging the main seat on the wall would be nothing the worse of a little fresh gilding and paint there was a claim eh to one foot nine inches off the eastern end of the pew on the part of of the family at inchicore i think they call it said dangerfield laying his riding whip like a rule along the top to help his imagination hey that would spoil the pew the claim's settled and mr langley goes to the other side of the aisle said nutter nodding to irons who came up and laid his long clay-coloured fingers on the top of the pew door and one long thin foot on the first step and with half-closed eyes and a half bow he awaited their pleasure the langley family had this pew said dangerfield with a side nod to that next his lordship's yes sir said irons with the same immutable semblance of a smile and raising neither his head nor his eyes and who's got it now his reverence dr walsingham and so it came out that having purchased salmon falls the rector had compromised the territorial war that was on the point of breaking out among his parishioners by exchanging with that old coxcomb langley the great square pew over the way that belonged to that house for the queer little crib in which the tenant of inchicore had hitherto sat in state and so there was peace if not goodwill in the church hey let's see it said dangerfield crossing the aisle with irons at his heels for he was a man that saw everything for himself that ever so remotely concerned him or his business we buried lord 
and the title he spoke very low in the vault here just under where you stand on monday last by night said irons very gently and grimly as he stood behind dangerfield a faint galvanic thrill shot up through the flagging and his firmly planted foot to his brain as though something said eh here i am oh indeed said dangerfield dryly making a little nod and raising his eyebrows and just moving a little on one side twas a nasty affair he looked up with his hands in his breeches pockets and read a mural tablet whistling scarce audibly the while it was not reverent but he was a gentleman and the clerk standing behind him retained his quiet posture and that smile that yet was not a smile but a sort of reflected light was it patience or was it secret ridicule you could not tell and it never changed and somehow it was provoking and some persons i believe had an unpleasant duty to do there said dangerfield abruptly in the middle of his tune and turning his spectacles fully and sternly on mr irons the clerk's head bent lower and he shook it and his eyes but for a little glitter through the eyelashes seemed to close tis a pretty church this a pretty town and some good families in the neighbourhood said dangerfield briskly and i dare say some trout in the river hey the stream looks lively middling only poor great troutling sir not a soul cares to fish it but myself he answered you're the clerk eh at your service sir dublin man or born and bred in dublin your honour eh well irons you've heard of mr dangerfield lord castle mallard's agent i am he good morning irons and he gave him half a crown and he took another look round and then he and nutter went out of the church and took a hasty leave of one another and away went nutter on his nag to the mills and dangerfield just before mounting popped into cleary's shop and in his grim laconic way asked the proprietor among his meal bags and bacon about fifty questions in less than five minutes that was one of lord castle mallard's houses eh with the bad roof and manure heap round the corner and where's the pot-house they call the salmon house doing a good business eh and at last i'm told there's some trout in the stream if there's anyone in the town who knows the river and could show me the fishing oh the clerk and what sort of fish is he hey oh an honest worthy man is he very good sir then perhaps mr a perhaps sir you'll do me the favour to let one of your people run down to his house and say mr dangerfield lord castle mallard's agent who is staying you know at the brass castle would be much obliged if he would bring his rod and tackle and take a walk with him up the river for a little angling at ten o'clock jolly phil cleary was deferential and almost nervous in his presence the silver-haired grim man with his mysterious reputation for money and that short decisive way of his and sudden cynical chuckle inspired a sort of awe which made his wishes where expressed with that intent very generally obeyed and sure enough 
irons appeared with his rod at the appointed hour and the interesting anglers piscator and his honest scholar as isaac walton hath it set out side by side on their ramble in the true fraternity of the gentle craft the clerk had i'm afraid a shrew of a wife shrill vehement and fluent rogue old miser old sneak and a great many worse names she called him good mr irons was old fat and ugly and she knew it and that knowledge made her natural jealousy the fiercer he had learned by long experience the best tactic under fire he became actually taciturn or if he spoke his speech was laconic and enigmatical sometimes throwing out a proverb and sometimes a text and sometimes when provoked past endurance spouting mildly a little bit of meek and venomous irony he loved his trout rod and the devious banks of the liffey where saturnine and alone he filled his basket it was his helpmate's rule whenever she did not know to a certainty precisely what irons was doing to take it for granted that he was about some mischief her lodger captain devereux was her great resource on these occasions and few things pleased him better than a stormy visit from his hostess in this temper the young scapegrace would close his novel and set down his glass of sherry and water it sometimes smelt very like brandy i'm afraid to hear her rant one would have supposed who had not seen him that her lank-haired grimly partner was the prettiest youth in the county of dublin and that all the comely lasses in chapel is it and county round were sighing and setting caps at him and devereux who had a vein of satire and loved even farce enjoyed the heroics of the fat old slut oh what am i to do captain jewel she bounced into the room with flaming face and eyes swelled and the end of her apron with which she had been swabbing them in her hand while she gesticulated with her right there he's off again to ireland bridge the audacious sneak it's all that dirty huzzy's doing i'm not such a fool but i know how to put this and that together though he thinks i don't know of his doings but i'll be even with you meg bartlett yet you trollop and all this was delivered in renewed floods of tears and stentorian hysterics while she shook her fat red fist in the air at the presumed level of meg's beautiful features nay madam said the gay captain i prithee weep not the like discoveries as you have read have been made in rome salamonica ballyporine babylon venice and fifty other famous cities he always felt in these interviews as if she and he were extemporizing a burlesque she the queen of crim tartary and he an archbishop in her court and would have spoken blank verse only he feared she might perceive it and break up the conference and what's that to the purpose don't i know they're the same all over the world nothing but brutes and barbarians but suppose madam he has only gone up the river and just taken his rod oh rod indeed i know where he wants a rod the rascal i tell you madam urged the chaplain you're quite in the wrong 
you've discovered after twenty years wedlock that your husband's a man and you're vexed would you have him anything else you're all in a story she blubbered maniacally there's no justice nor feeling nor succour for a poor abused woman but i'll do it i will i'll go to his reverence don't try to persuade me the reverend hugh walsingham doctor of divinity and rector of chapel is it she used to give him at full length whenever she threatened zekiel with a visitation from that quarter by way of adding ponderosity to the menace i'll go to him straight don't think to stop me and we'll see what he'll say and so she addressed herself to go and when you see him madam ask the learned doctor don't ask me believe the rector of the parish he'll tell you that it hath prevailed from the period at which madam sarah quarrelled with saucy miss hager and it hath prevailed among all the principal nations of antiquity according to pliny strabo and the chief writers of antiquity that juno dido eleanor queen of england and mrs partridge whom i read of here and he pointed to the open volume of tom jones each made or thought she made a like discovery and the captain delivered this slowly with knitted brow and thoughtful face after the manner of the erudite and simple doctor pretty partridges indeed and nice game for a parish clerk cried the lady returning i wonder so i do when i look at him and think of his goings-on how he can have the assurance to sit under the minister and look the congregation in the face and tune his throat and sing the blessed psalms you are not to wonder madam believe the sage who says omnibus hoc vitium est cantoribus Devereux knew of old that the effect of latin on mrs irons was to heighten the inflammation and so the matron burst into whole chapters of crimination enlivened with a sprinkling of strong words as the sages of the law love to pepper their indictments and informations with hot adverbs and well-spiced parentheses falsely scandalously maliciously and suadente diabolo to make them sit warm on the stomachs of a loyal judge and jury and digest easily the neighbors were so accustomed to mrs iron's griefs that when her voice was audible as upon such occasions it was upon the high road and in the back gardens it produced next to no sensation everybody had heard from that loud oracle every sort of story touching irons which could well be imagined and it was all so thoroughly published by the good lady that curiosity on the subject was pretty well dead and gone and her distant declamation rattled over their heads and boomed in their ears like the distant guns and trumpets on a review day signifying nothing and all this only shows what every man who has ruralized a little in his lifetime knows more than in theory that the golden age lingers in no corner of the earth but is really quite gone and over everywhere and that peace and prisca fides have not fled to the nooks and shadows of deep valleys and bowery brooks but flown once and away to heaven again and left the round world 
to its general curse so it is even in pretty old villages embowered in orchards with hollyhocks and jasmine in front of the houses and primeval cocks and hens pecking and scraping in the street and the modest river dimpling and simpering along osiers and apple trees and old ivied walls close by you sometimes hear other things than lowing herds and small birds singing and purling streams and shrill accents and voluble rhetoric will now and then trouble the fragrant air and wake up the dim of old river god from his nap as to irons if he was all that his wife gave out he must have been a mighty sly dog indeed for on the whole he presented a tolerably decent exterior to society it is said indeed that he liked a grave tumbler of punch and was sardonic and silent in his liquor that his gait was occasionally a little queer and uncertain as his lank figure glided home by moonlight from the salmon house and that his fingers fumbled longer than need be with the latch and his tongue though it tried but a short and grim barth door marjorie or gimme cannel wench sometimes lacked its cunning and slipped and kept not time there were two other scandals such as the prying and profane love to shoot privately at church celebrities perhaps it was his reserve and sanctity that provoked them perhaps he was in truth though cautious sometimes indiscreet perhaps it was fanciful mrs irons jealous hullabaloos and hysterics that did it i don't know but people have been observed apropos of him to wink at one another and grin and shake their heads and say the nearer the church you know and he's so ancient too but tis an old rat that won't eat cheese and so forth just as mrs irons whisked round for the seventh time to start upon her long threatened march to dr walsingham's study to lay her pitiful case before him captain devereux who was looking toward the phoenix saw the truant clerk and mr dangerfield turned the corner together on their return stay madam here comes the traitor said he and on my honour tis worse than we thought for he has led my lord castle mallard's old agent into mischief too and meg bartlett has had two swains at her feet this morning and see the hypocrites have got some trout in their basket and their rods on their shoulders and look for all the world as if they had only been fishing sly rogues well it's all one said mrs irons gaping from the other window and sobering rapidly if tisn't to-day twill be to-morrow i suppose and at any rate tis a sin and shame to leave any poor creature in this miserable taking not knowing that he might be drowned or worse dear knows it would not be much trouble to tell his wife when the gentleman wanted him and sure for any honest matter i'd never say against it her thoughts were running upon dangerfield and what compliment he had probably made her husband at parting and a minute or two after this devereux saw her with her riding-hood on trudging up to the salmon house to make inquisition after the same end of chapter twenty recording by john brandon